Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 777 of the Juicebox Podcast. On this episode of the Juicebox Podcast, I'm going to be speaking with Chelsea. She has anxiety, ADHD, depression, and type 1 diabetes. She also has my heart as perhaps one of my most favorite episodes in recent history. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox Podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you have type 1 diabetes or are the caregiver of someone with type 1 diabetes and you're a U.S. resident, please go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Join the registry. Complete the survey. That's it. You've helped yourself. You've helped people with type 1 diabetes and you've supported the Juicebox podcast. Just by doing that, join the registry. Complete the survey. Takes you fewer than 10 minutes. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. I began taking AG1 by Athletic Greens because I found myself needing some nutritional support, a little insurance for a diet that might not be perfect. I tried a couple of other green drinks, but they tasted terrible, but not AG1. AG1 goes down super smooth. Every morning, I take my water, I take my scoop of AG1, shake them up in a bottle. The bottle came with it, by the way. And the next thing you know, it's right down. Easy peasy, as they say. Athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. Go check it out. Okay. Um, Just because I want to make sure I'm recording your voice. Can you give me any four words randomly put together? Any four words randomly put together. Perfect. Does that work? Excellent. (laughs) Absolutely excellent. Uh, we're recording now, so you're being recorded. Don't say something okay. stupid because uh, shoot, if it's too stupid, <laughs> I'm going to leave it in the episode. Oh, no. <laughs> um, it's going to be the whole episode, something stupid. <laughs> you think so? Is this a concern uh, of yours today, Chelsea? Um, I, I'm okay with however it turns out. <laughs> what are you using for a microphone, may I ask? Uh, a headset. Do you have the a lot of rustling and uh, you're just, your breathing is being picked up. Do you have an ability to move the microphone a little bit or turn down? Yeah. How's that? Is that better? I don't know. You haven't breathed heavy yet. Maybe that's too heavy. (laughs) That's better. Actually. How's that? Is that better? It was actually good. When you laughed before it sounded like a windstorm instead of a laugh. Oh yeah. That's not good. Perfect. Just like that. All right. I'm going to drink my tea. Hold on. And then I'm going to tell you that in a moment, unless you have any questions, you can introduce yourself any way you want to be known. Um, Mostly what that means is you don't need to feel any pressure to use your last name. If people in your life come up, feel free to say my doctor, my boyfriend, my husband, my wife, like that kind of stuff. You don't have to say your mom's name. Um, Okay. Things like that. If it gets geographical for reasons, I mean, I can't imagine why it would, but then, then again, you might say something that makes me think that you're from a certain part of the world. And then I might ask. Um, Okay. I'm pretty, I'm a pretty open book. So, well, you be, know, 
I'm just saying it's but unlikely, it. but more people are going to hear this than you think. And I like the whole world. It's going to be a bit of a thing. Have you ever heard me talk about when cake pop showed up at my house? <laughs> yes, that's okay. so weird. I don't want you to get cake pops. That's what I'm but, saying. But delicious. <laughs> well, you know, if you got these specific cake pops, it would be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever that person is, please send me cake pops. <laughs> there you go. Figure out who Chelsea is and send her cake pops. Um, well, I'll tell you what. If cake pops show up at your house four months from now, please let me know. Uh, because I'm going to assume the podcast is much more powerful than I think it is. And, uh, have, have you ever found the mysterious cake pop person? Spoke to her by message over Facebook. Oh, good. She was lovely. Owns a company <laughs> that makes cake pops. Felt very strongly cool. that the podcast had helped her child. Wanted to do something nice. Oh, there you go. Yes. While I was talking to her, I said, do you see how creepy this is? And she said, well, now that you're pointing it out, <laughs> yes, I do. It's just running a podcast like the weirdest thing. I feel like it it breaks social norms in so many ways. <laughs> yeah, so I would tell you that, um, I mean, you don't start one thinking it's going to get popular. You know what I mean? Like you hope, uh-huh. but you don't plan for it. Um, some of mm-hmm. the oddest stuff that's ever happened to me is being recognized in an airport by my face across an <laughs> airport. Uh, being recognized on a, a like a public transportation thing by my right. by my voice. <laughs> that, that is was, weird. That was very. That was very strange. Um, but mostly, it's just lovely. Like most people are really genuinely great. Even the kind of kooky ones are still lovely. They're just they're just a little kooky. That's all. Um, Everyone's a little kooky, right? And some people are just uh, less careful about hiding it. I I, I tend to think. So, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, other than that, it's. Um, I if it disappeared, I would miss it because mm-hmm. I am I I'm sure everyone feels this way, but I am a person who feels like I have things to say, and when mm-hmm. I don't say them, I get kind of like inward, and then I think about them too much, and that doesn't help, oh yeah that doesn't help anybody but me. <laughs> it's not that's not yeah. good for anybody either. <laughs> do, do you know? Since we're talking about this, Chelsea, we'll start eventually uh-huh. about the diabetes, but let's just keep going for a second. This is now uh-huh. part of the podcast. I hope you understand. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, so I remembered this morning, I was thinking about um, freedom this morning as I was mm-hmm. making this tea so I could talk to you as people do. And um, <laughs> and I was thinking about how there are a lot of conversations in the world right now about, um, you know, you can't limit people's uh, voice, even if you find what they're saying distasteful, because eventually someone's going to limit your voice. It's a pretty basic idea about freedom, Right. Mm-hmm. And I hear it being talked about now as if it's a new idea. And I think, I thought this my whole life. Like, why why does it suddenly seem like this is a thing we just realized? And and I recognize it's because of media, right? Because people need mm. things to talk about on their stuff. And these things cycle over and over again. I wish people understood that these conversations we're having are like the same 50 conversations that people have been having, you know, for the stretch of time since language is invented right and i remembered this is going back to your question because chelsea at this point you're like are you gonna make a point but um i I will (laughs) i promise i remembered that when i was about 18 years old i wrote to my local newspaper about the idea of freedom Mm -hmm. and i believe i said something to the effect of the minute you limit freedom even a tiny bit it stops being freedom and Hmm. 
uh, talking mo- more about um, you know the freedom of speech. I I actually made that point. I said you can't stop someone, no matter how horrible you think they are, from saying what they think because one day they may be in power and they might stop you from saying what you think. And um, in that moment, I thought, oh, I've been a podcaster my whole life. The technology just didn't exist back then. There you go. I was like, I've been trying to tell people what I think forever. (laughs) I wrote to a newspaper when I was 18. And I know when you're you're 18. Yeah. I was thinking, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, Chelsea, right now you're (laughs) thinking like that kid was definitely not getting laid. And um, if I'm thinking back, you might be right. I'm not sure exactly the first time I did it, but it was around there somewhere. So anyway, um, how old are you? What's your name? Why are you here? Oh, how old am I? I always forget. Um, 27. Um, I should have guessed. I had you at 26. Oh, man. I keep thinking I'm still 26, and I have to remember I'm 27. (laughs) Um, Why am I here? I don't know. To have a conversation. (laughs) Excellent. Um, I've been type 2 diabetic since I was 2, or type 1 diabetic since I was 2. And uh, I I guess why I first reached out to you is because I listened to your episode, Meet Arden. And that was like the first time I realized like, wow, she's like had diabetes as long as I have. And like her like perception of it, her attitude about it was like completely different than how it was for me growing up. And that just like blew my mind. I was like, whoa, what? Oh, that's <laughs> so, excellent. Yeah. Well, let's just be clear because um, you, your brain inverted numbers. You were getting ready to tell me you were two years <laughs> old and you said, I have type two diabetes since I right. was. And then you were like, damn it, I have <laughs> type one diabetes. <laughs> So you've had type one diabetes since you're two years old. Yes, let's be clear about that. <laughs> okay, I just you know, and you're 27 now, so you've had type one diabetes for a quarter of a century, 25 years. Uh huh. A silver anniversary of types. Is that right? Silver? You're like I don't know. I, you're not. Married, I have no. Huh? I don't know. <laughs> Hold on a second. This is like something old people know. Like you know, like, <laughs> like there's a paper anniversary and stuff like that. Wedding anniversaries. Yeah, it's silver. Oh, oh, wow. There we go. I was married 25 years last year. I did not get my wife anything made out of silver. Oh, no. I think we gave each other cards. <laughs> There's something I don't... Me and my husband, we're like terrible with anniversaries. It's like, hey, it's our anniversary. Oh, yeah. What You're... do you want to do? I don't know. <laughs> They're just like, okay. That, that's how it's going to... We're gonna... so chill. <laughs> yeah, that's how it's going to go eventually. And then one day you'll be like, do you remember when we used to have sex on our anniversary? And you'll be like, <laughs> I do remember. Hilarious. Anyway, um... <laughs> You're married, 27? Uh-huh. Oh. Yep. We've been married for, um, well, six years. Wow. You got married young. I did. That's I did. how old I my would... wife was when I tricked her into marrying me. How did that happen, Chelsea? Tell me about that. <laughs> um, so we met in high school. Um, and we just got to know each other, started dating, and then um, went to, yeah, just ended up getting married and having a couple kids and here we are. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. You have children? I do. I have two kids. Wow. Okay. How old are they? I'll tell you why I'm saying wow in a second. <laughs> um, my oldest is five and um, my youngest turns four in just a couple days. So. All right. That's very cool. Um, I <laughs> said wow because you have a lightness in your voice that made me think you didn't have kids. I get that a lot. I don't know if I should be concerned about that. <laughs> Is it possible you're not paying any attention to those kids? <laughs> like, am I not mature enough for my <laughs> to be a mom? <laughs> Your giggle is lighthearted, right? 
And oh. do you know that about yourself? Um, I do now. Okay. You, like when you giggle, it's lighthearted. <laughs> it makes me, you sound long, young, and even your voice is young. You're not tired. Are you? Oh, I'm tired. You're tired. But I'm glad I don't sound tired. <laughs> Are you on the smack or something? What's going on, Chelsea? How are you so up? What's happening? Actually, that would make be a downer, right? I know very little about drugs. <laughs> I don't know anything about drugs. Okay. So I think I should have said, are you on the cocaine? <laughs> but I don't think you are. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard anybody call it the smack. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> we just call it heroin now. We're all just so evolved. Is that what we do? I have no idea. Right. I used to watch television in the 70s, Chelsea. And it's smack, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. I'm just, I'm going to go around saying that now and people are going to be like, what the heck? <laughs> I believe monkey. What era are you from? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think monkey on your back would be the 80s, maybe. Um, That's so long, though. It takes forever to say. To say it? Well, listen, I didn't make these things up, Chelsea. I'm just, I'm just repeating them 30 years after they were in style, okay? Uh Anyway, I bet you later you'll think, how in the hell did we talk about heroin in the first 10 minutes of my podcast? <laughs> Immediately following um, talking about my kids. So, like, that's like an interesting jump. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, uh, I, I tried. I did something the other day. I was doing some sort of I was doing one of the management episodes and I somehow transitioned from Arden into people having sex somehow i might have been making an ad for omnipod actually now that i'm thinking about it and i might have been saying like like you have to try to understand i have a very limited amount of time to say what i want to say right and i'm right. trying to make the point that you can wear an omnipod during all kinds of activities like showering or playing soccer or you know having like sex and i'm just because i don't think it's something <laughs> people think of but they should right chelsea yeah i i, I don't know that's something i thought about when Taking a pump. So exactly. I <laughs> so I I just, I go for truth in marketing and I'm saying, listen, at some point you're going to find yourself with your foot on the headboard and you're going to hope, you're going to wish there's no tubing running from your hip to the, to the, I, I'm assuming you probably got the pump on a pillow or something. I don't know how it works because there's no place left to clip it when you're naked, right? No. And you, you definitely got to like unclip that thing. <laughs> exactly. And then I make this very wholesome, I say, and you don't want to be without your insulin <laughs> because I believe that. I think that if you have well-timed, you know, if your settings are good, you want that basil running. Um, so anyway, I realized in that conversation, I was talking about one of my daughter's activities and I transitioned like seamlessly into talking about the idea that people listening might want to have sex without tubing. And it made me feel so strange when I said it. And I almost felt like I wanted to go backwards and apologize. But anyway, Omnipod still seems happy, so we're good. Um, <laughs> and that's it. Okay, let's start like from scratch. 25 years ago, when you're diagnosed as a two-year-old, I'm going to assume, A, you don't have any memories of that. My very first memory, I can recall it all as a human being, was sitting in a hospital with some guy giving me a shot in the arm. Really? <laughs> so uh-huh no kidding yeah. that's I don't... that's literally all i remember is being a diabetic wow i can't believe mm -hmm. you I, I have such a poor memory of my life that that that's fascinating to me so you so it must have been a hell of a moment for you if it stuck to you like that <laughs> probably traumatizing you know the first thing i can remember like really remember falling down yeah. the stairs when i was like three years old i have a, I have a memory <laughs> of that i remember being burned by a sparkler on my birthday cake in a McDonald's playroom when I was five. 
And I don't remember so much the burning. I remember the disappointment on my dad's face when he told me, don't touch that. And then I immediately reached out and picked it up. (laughs) (laughs) But your thing's crazier. Do you you really remember that? That's insane. I do. Yeah. Well, uh, did you have other, do you have siblings at that time? Um, Yep. So I'm the youngest of five. Oh, wow. Um, Mm-hmm. Okay. We're all pretty close to uh, my mom. Here, I'll, you'll have fun doing the math on this. My mom had five kids in four years. No, she didn't. All her own. Wait. She birthed all of them. I got it. Twins. Yes. I figured it two out. Sets. Two sets. Wait, two sets of twins. Uh-huh. Are you the only non-twin or are you a twin? I'm the only, I'm the only non-twin. How does yeah. that feel exactly? I felt really left out growing up. <laughs> Seriously, right? I was like, when's my twin coming along? My siblings are like, when is Chelsea going to get her twin? <laughs> <laughs> one of my siblings thought like you grew up and you married your twin and one of them was really concerned for me like who's chelsea gonna marry <laughs> oh how did that one turn out are they creepy as an adult uh, no no oh, that's good because that's a weird thought <laughs> yeah yeah but, like as kids if your whole world is like everything comes in pairs like my parents are in a pair i'm in a pair so it's boy girl twins okay both of them so it's wow. just like just like assume that the world's full of boy girl twins and that's how things work at some point most every child tells you that they're going to buy a house across the street from you and live there because they <laughs> they, they have this like conscious thought of they like, start seeing people move out of other people's homes and they get like panicked they're not ready for the idea so they're like i can't okay. actually leave here now if i said that to either of my kids they'd be like oh no oh no we're getting the hell out of here as soon as we can <laughs> and we're not calling you so thanks for everything i'm getting, getting out of here um wow okay so regular and mph right um i believe so yeah it was the cloudy stuff yeah i remember at one point i was on like pig insulin too Um, yeah that's interesting you were back just far enough for animal insulin as well yeah and and then your mom managed most of it or your parents together did it uh definitely my mom um i i can't remember my dad being involved a whole lot except for when it came time to like lecturing about not doing it so (laughs) jim come over here and yell at chelsea for not taking her insulin (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) like like leave it to beaver which is not something you understand at all either um i've watched leave it to beaver can you imagine that they named the kid beaver like seriously, they must have hated that kid. <laughs> well, well, Chelsea, was that not a euphemism for vagina, like in the fifties? I have no idea. <laughs> I know you don't know, but I don't know either. We'll find out later together. We'll keep that for later. We'll look up okay. when that euphemism. That's what Google's for. Yeah, popped into the uh, <laughs> into the stratosphere. Um, because I mean, it was a. T- it was only there weren't that many TV shows. Right. You know what I'm saying, right? Right. So it's a weird idea to put the word vagina in one of the titles is, is what I'm getting at. Back, back then when they depicted married couples having two different beds. So Yeah, they probably did, don't you think? That <laughs> seems, I mean, I don't know, maybe you'd sleep better that way. Uh, Kelly turned over there. <laughs> They're all about the sleep. She punched me right in the face. Like when she, like she didn't do it on purpose, but she like flipped over and I like caught like a forearm across my head and I would have been okay <laughs> with a double bed back then. Um Okay, so uh, when do you start taking care of yourself? Um, 
<laughs> like actually taking care of myself or like taking it upon like taking upon the responsibility. Let me re-ask my question. When did your parents get tired of taking care of your diabetes and decide they didn't care what happened to you, but this was on you now? <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't think they ever got tired of it. Um like my mom was always really helpful. She tried to always like figure out the best thing for me and um she was she was really great. Um and she she tried to encourage me to like um like take like do it for myself because you know she valued that um i think she saw the value in that mm -hmm. and uh so um about how I old do you think, think let me think i remember in elementary school my older siblings would come in and give me shots for lunch and that stopped about i think when i was in uh second third grade I was doing my own shots for like lunchtime and stuff. So, um, they put your poor, your your brothers and sisters in charge of getting your <laughs> insulin. Yeah. Cause like there wasn't, there wasn't like a school nurse or anything. Um, I mean, I think there was one for like the entire district. So it's not like it was practical to like, I don't know, always have a nurse there for when Chelsea has to go to lunch. But, <laughs> um, so yeah. And my, and my siblings, like, They'd already been around it for so many years because I had it so young. Like they're they're familiar with it. And, mm -hmm. um, well, that's a good idea, actually. It's good. It's good division of power and resources. Honestly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Put them in charge of something. Um, I remember one time my brother was about to give me my shot. When you have diabetes and use insulin. Low blood sugar can happen when you don't expect it. Gvoke Hypopen is a ready-to-use glucagon option that can treat very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages 2 and above. Find out more. Go to gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with pheochromocytoma or insulinoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com slash risk. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I needed nutritional insurance. My diet is not great, and I figured there was a lot I was missing. And with AG1, I get it. So you might be wondering, well, how do you get it, Scott? Well, that's easy. With one delicious scoop of AG1, I absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens. That is the best way I could think of to start my day. And so that's what I do every morning with AG1. Recommended by professional athletes, AG1 has over 7,000 five-star reviews that you can see at athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. While you're there, grab a subscription for AG1 and it will come with a year supply of vitamin D, which is so important to add in these winter months when we don't get as much sunlight. If you care about the globe, well, Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. In 2020, Athletic Greens purchased carbon credits that support projects protecting old-growth rainforests. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, mental clarity, and alertness. It does that by using the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. AthleticGreens.com forward slash juice box. A serving of Athletic Greens contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything. 
that's how it tastes good. That's how I can take it because I tried those other ones and uh, <coughs> it was not good. Athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. Goes down for me smooth every morning. Thanks as always for listening to the ads and supporting the sponsors. Before we get back to Chelsea, I'd like to share something with you. Uh, the episodes are recorded six months in advance of you hearing them. So this is going to go up on October 24th, 2022, and it was recorded like six months ago. As I was doing the edit, which really just means me listening through for like pops and noises, it crackles, people, you know, breathing in real heavy, and I take out those noises for you. I don't take out content almost ever, actually. But anyways, I go through to do the edit, and then I prepare the show to accept the ads and the bumpers and the front and the back. I normally don't remember them. I mean, being honest, they're six months ago. I listen. It's almost like I'm hearing them for the first time. But this episode, every word Chelsea spoke, I knew the next word coming. Every word I spoke, I knew what we were about to say. I I was so, so in tune with what was happening uh, in that way that I was worried that I'd put the episode up recently and forgotten. Like I had just edited it maybe a week ago and I was losing my mind. So I sent Chelsea a note and said, hey, this is going to sound crazy, but uh, have I put your episode up already? She said, no, we went back and forth a little bit. And at the end of our, our, our back and forth, and I don't think she'd mind me sharing this with you. She said, I wanted to thank you for impacting my life for the better. I am in a better place because of the podcast. Your advice, along with hearing the perspectives of other diabetics and parents of diabetics, has been very eye-opening and impactful to me. So thank you. So when you're listening now to the rest of Chelsea's story, just know things have gotten better for her. And that is really cool. All right, now I'm going to get you back. And uh, we'll hear the rest of Chelsea's story. Was about to give him my shot and he dropped the needle and it like stabbed into his pants. But <laughs> luckily it didn't like break the skin. <laughs> and I'm assuming and you just bit... pulled it out and used it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 Wow. Just stick it right back in where it's supposed to go. So <laughs> how was all of this? Um, did it impact your relationship with your parents or how did growing up with type I mean, when you look back on growing up with type one, like what's the overarching memory you have of it? Um, struggle, I think, um, feeling like really alone with it. Um, like feeling like nobody really understands like the psychological component of it. Um, and, and looking back, like with my personality, like I am uncomfortable when other people are uncomfortable and I kind of had this like problem with feeling like a burden. So whatever I could do to not feel like a burden to other people, like I would, I would just kind of hold it in. I'd uh, internalize things. I'd um, try to not let my struggles become other people's struggles. So like that caused a lot of issues for uh, a long time for me um, with that. Does that cause you to feel so I, I guess what you're saying is that you kind of hide who you are and what's happening to you so that other people aren't made to feel put off by it or put out by it. And then that makes you resentful of them for not caring about how you feel. Um, yeah, kind of. Um, resentful is the right word. And like, I'm kind of coming to a point in my life where I can look back at things and, and be like, oh man, I had was like <laughs> it's, it wasn't anybody else's 
fault that they were doing fine. It was just me and my weird, you know, quirks with like how I saw things and how I handled things. And I mean, sure, nobody's perfect, but like, um, I just look back and I'm like, I did not handle things well, <laughs> but yeah, I was a kid. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know any better. Well, but. what would you, I mean, looking back now as an, and by the way, I'm about to call you an adult, but unfairly, I have found you on Facebook and you look like you're 12 years old. So <laughs> I know people say that to me a lot. <laughs> they say that to you because you look like you're 12 years old. <laughs> in a is, love- it, is it the one of me in an igloo? I don't know if you can tell it's an igloo. Well, I wasn't. I didn't really pick through your. Oh yeah, that is. That's like. I, <laughs> that's like my <laughs> wait, wait, the kid you married looks five. What's going on? Your children are going to look like they're like they're ten for their whole life, maybe. Oh no, we're making baby children, baby face children. <laughs> wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be something if they look like old, like old people when they were really young? And you'd be like, well, that didn't work out. <laughs> Seriously, you you look like I, I'm being. I'm like it looks like the king and the queen of the prom met each other and they're babysitting (laughs) do people often think these aren't your kids uh no i don't think i've ever had anybody say that that never happens okay no no, all right so here's my last question about you Uh and your life with your children before i move on are you part of the tribe part of the tribe yeah you live in a place where it makes me think maybe Oh, I live in Utah. Mm-hmm. Is that what they call it? That's Is that what like I'm calling your, it. your fan group out here? Yes, I have, a, I have a, a large uh, collection of Mormons who listen to the podcast. <laughs> I have I have no idea. I I mean, I'm part of like a Utah diabetes Facebook page, and um, I know they. But you're not a Mormon. Have. You're not. You're not. This these first two kids aren't just like your starter kids, and you're going to have <laughs> seven more or something like that. No, I am. I am uh, a Mormon. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. So I am. So yeah, like we're following the stereotype, get married young, have kids early. All right. I just want to make sure I know what I'm doing Uh, because I am, I, I, I don't have scratch marks on my desk, like one, two, three, four, and then a line through it for five. But I realize now that if I would have known, uh, what I know now back then I would have done that. I would have taken a little corner of my desk and I just would have written Mormon on it. And I would have made a little scratch mark every time. So, and anybody that walks into your office would just be like, what the heck is this? I would think they would look at it and think you're not killing Mormons. Are you like, I'd be like, no, these are when they come on my podcast. Uh, Red flag. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Right. You'd be like, go downstairs and be like, ah, there's some disturbing stuff on Scott's desk. (laughs) Okay. So, all right. Not that I get, by the way, I mean, I think this goes without saying, I don't care. I'm just, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just keeping track for, you know, historical purposes. For the record, I'm not sensitive about it, so. Well, I'm assuming you're not, or you wouldn't be on the podcast. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, you heard me ask somebody about their magic underwear at some point, right? (laughs) I don't don't remember, but that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, (laughs) I assume you wouldn't be here if you heard that. All right. So, you, all right. almost forgot where we were. Give me a second. All right. So there's um, like, cause even in your note to me, like you talk about like relationship issues between you and your parents stemming mm-hmm. around diabetes. So like, what are some of the big things that happened to you that made you say that? Um, I think just a lot of it was feeling like the only kind of like the only part of our like relationship we had was mostly just like diabetes. Like it didn't stem off from that very much, at least, at least with my mom, cause it was all put on my mom to, to take care of it. And, um, I understand like, that's, that's a big job to undertake. You understand like that's, that's of a course. lot to, 
yeah to have on your mind like all the time like it never never stops so um and i think just it, it kind of felt like if we were interacting it was mostly just about like the diabetes and like it was never like i was never doing well with my diabetes like ever growing up and so it was usually like this negative kind of interaction so um i think that definitely kind of like uh, caused some distance like between me and my mom and um and i just on your but, part but on at the same part, time though, right? i wanted to like i didn't want her to be struggling because i had diabetes like i felt i felt bad for her too like so, you know so if this like let me think if your parents owned a, a i don't know a restaurant made burgers and fries right and <laughs> they were basically working there 19 hours a day because they couldn't afford to hire too many people and you worked there too mm-hmm. then would you have the feeling that most of the time when my mom and I are talking, we're talking about burgers and French fries. And we're not talking about all the other things that I imagine parents talk about with their kids. And that to me feels like a loss. So instead of burgers and fries, it was diabetes. Yeah. Yeah. And with a very like stressful kind of like feeling around it. Because on top of everything else, you, you were undercooking the burgers and people were getting trichinosis and stuff like that. So, so you're not (laughs) doing well, you're not doing, can you get trichinosis from, I don't know who cares. Uh, (laughs) Sure. Wait, trichinosis is pork. I think. All right. Hold on a second. Can I just make a list here real quick? Please do. Beaver. (laughs) I'm just making notes. Vagina. When trichinosis pork question mark. These are things we'll Google at the end. Um, I've never done that before, but it feels like this is going to happen a lot while we're talking. So why? And if we like, if we get off the conversation and we don't look those things up, I'll like remember it a day later and be like, oh shoot, we forgot to. (laughs) Well, I'm recording twice today. So I have a little bit of manic energy going right now because I'm going to record with you basically do like a little bit of work in between and then jump right back on and talk to somebody else. So I'm making up for, I'm paying the price for going away for a week, (laughs) you know? Um, Anyway, okay, so your mom is killing herself, it sounds like, but you're not getting any of the positive results. You feel like she only talks to you about diabetes, and you know she's killing herself, and you feel bad about that. So you keep inside how you feel about type 1. So mm-hmm. in, in, in reality, you guys are having a very kind of surface or almost fake relationship as you're growing up. Yeah, that's kind of how it felt. Pretty, um, yeah. Okay. I appreciate you sharing this because parents are going to hear this. And this this is something that I try to sprinkle in, uh, you know, but I say it more like, you know, I'll I'll tell a story about seeing Arden come through the door and asking her what her blood sugar was before saying hello to her. And then I realized, like, I can't, like, I'm treating Arden (laughs) like she's diabetes. Uh-huh. You know, right. Even even a very sim- simple thing. I texted her this morning. Arden's blood sugar shot up and I sent her a text. Um, and I and I my my first thought was like, I'm just texting. Right. Like it's an informal way of talking. And I wanted to say, what did you eat? And I, what I meant by that, what I would have meant by that was, hey, you know, what food is pushing your blood sugar up now? Maybe you need help with this, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I realized that saying, what did you eat? Sounds accusatory. Right. 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 It, it, and not meant by that way by me. Like I wasn't like, you know, let me do, I never acted in high school, Chelsea, but I wasn't saying like, what did you eat? 
I was just be like, you know, what happened? So I stopped myself. Right. I stopped myself and I wrote, what did you have? Right. And then she told, she said, this is funny. She goes, two hash browns. And then she said, I don't know what was in those mofos. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, drink some water, please. Uh, then I said, this, the school buys food. This is really processed stuff. There's probably not even any potatoes in it. <laughs> Who knows what it is? Yeah, oh, man, school food. <laughs> right, right. It's the stuff your parents are serving at this pretend restaurant I gave them, probably. Um, it, exactly. Just trying to maximize profits. That's all, Chelsea. You know, capitalism's <laughs> exactly. not all bad, but, you know, sometimes people suffer. They don't get potatoes in their hash browns. Um, anyway, so, like, that little idea of just not making it about the diabetes, like finding a way to ask the question without it seeming like I'm putting something on you or making a judgment. But the problem is, is that diabetes is so omnipresent. It's mm -hmm. that you can't always stop and be that thoughtful about it. Or, or, you know, you get busy or you're tired. So you just say like, what'd you eat? And then on the other end is Chelsea going, it's not my fault. I'm trying. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that, that kind of thing. Right. This, right. I'm so nervous having this conversation with you, Chelsea. Really? You're nervous? I'm supposed to be the one that's nervous. Well, three days ago, I interviewed a lovely person. And uh -huh. in the middle of the interview, we were really digging kind of into the psyche of how she grew up with type 1. Uh -huh. And I think we uncovered things that she maybe didn't realize about her life. Oh, uh -huh. And then like a day later, she sent me a, a lovely email and asked me not to let anybody hear the podcast episode, but I have no trouble with it. I deleted it immediately. But mm -hmm. I, I realized when it was over, like, like I, sometimes these conversations get into like therapy and then. Oh, I've already had these conversations. So you're good. Oh, you're good. oh good. Who did you, so <laughs> did you hash it out with your mom at some point? And I didn't say hash because of the hash browns, but maybe I did. <laughs> the fake hash browns. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we've talked about, um, a lot of this and we've, we've like, um, I'm, I've been trying to like uh, kind of mend my association with like, like how I feel about diabetes and my mom and like making that a positive thing. Like I can go to my mom and talk about diabetes and stuff and, and not, um, and, and not feel like I'm having like going to have an anxiety attack or <laughs> something, you know? So um, uh, it's, it's been a few years to kind of overcome um like my past demons, you know, if was she so, shocked to hear how you felt? It was hard for her to hear. Yeah. Um, she's the kind of person that has a hard time dealing with guilt. Um, she, she feels guilty about things that she absolutely doesn't need to. And she's an amazing person, but, um, she has a hard time believing so. So I think, um, with her personality being that way and my personality being, you know, just very, um, concerned about how the other people think. I think that just kind of caused a lot of our our problems and this distance between us. So can I? Um, but it, good. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was going to ask you. Do you think that you care about what other people think, or do you think you're protecting yourself from feeling guilty? Protecting myself from feeling guilty. Yeah. Like if you never, if you never make anybody feel uncomfortable, then you won't have to feel bad about having done it. No, I'm just a. I I don't I don't feel guilty i mean like i have regret about you know maybe i i could have done better if i had this i could have 
done better at that. But I just, I really am the kind of person where if somebody else feels uncomfortable, I am extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> so okay. I, I, I don't know what that is, but, um, when you I, said I you know. have, when you said you have regret, I was like, maybe she'll tell a story about shooting an unarmed man in the convenience store just to feel what it was like <laughs> to take a life. But then you were, you didn't go that direction, so it's fine. That's good. Yeah, I yeah. mean, if if I did, I wouldn't tell you about it. You know. I assume. <laughs> I really do assume that you wouldn't jump on a podcast about diabetes and admit to murdering somebody for no reason. <laughs> um, but but it's interesting. So you felt like that your whole life, protective of how other people feel. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you think, not that you could have possibly done anything different because you're a child, but do you look at that now and realize that if you would have just pushed this forward 10 years ago, you would have saved 10 years? Yeah, definitely. If just like I've really come to understand and learn the value in being open and honest because when we are with each other, like we realize, you know, everybody's struggling. We all have our struggles and nobody's perfect and, you know, yeah. Just we can make each other stronger if we understand where each other's weaknesses are. Um, so I really, I really believe in that uh, kind of philosophy. And You're exactly right. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming to say that. That's really lovely. Um, the uh, nuts and bolts of it wasn't going well. A one C's were where. Oh, I've. I've been up in the 12s a lot growing up. Um, I've never been up above 12, but uh, definitely, I think most most growing up, especially after like kind of it was more my responsibility to like kind of take take care of it and make sure I was testing and getting shots for lunch and stuff. I, I was probably always nearly all the time, like above nine, nine to 12 most of the time, probably. Oh, okay. So were you pumping or shooting or what were you doing? Um, uh, shots. Definitely. Um, I, my parents had me check out pumps at once. They like took me to this place where a bunch of adults are like trying to sell it to me. And I was just like, I don't want to have anything with that. <laughs> so, but they like, they like try to sell it. Like here's a pump and you don't have to get shots anymore. It's like, that's their main sell point. It's like, I don't mind needles. Listen, guys, I've been doing this since I was two. This is all I know. I've been conditioned to not be bothered by needles. Like mm-hmm. it's like they didn't uh, they didn't try to sell it another other way. Like, hey, this is um, like you have to you don't have to think about it as much or like you know kind of. Were you thinking about it? Oh yes, yes, I constantly and um, it's like I struggle with anxiety and depression. And looking back, like I realized I was seriously struggling with it as a kid. Okay. And, and so my approach to diabetes for the longest time was like, this causes me so much anxiety that I would just avoid it. I couldn't think about it because it was too painful, like Mm. emotionally. So I, um, you know, and then my parents and doctors would be like, why aren't you taking care of it? And they're like, and I'd just be like, I don't know. I just, I forget. I just put it off as being like forgetful. (laughs) Yeah, so like, like, nope, I'm actually thinking about it like all the time. (laughs) Right. It's interesting, isn't it? It it takes up more of your thoughts and your life Mm -hmm. to ignore Mm -hmm. it than it does to take care of it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, by the way, a lot of things work that way. Yeah. Yeah. And coming to understand that. Yeah. Well, look (laughs) at you, and you're still young, and you look like you're 12. So. 
We've got a lot of time. Yeah. When did you, it's good. When did you turn a corner or have you not? Are you sitting here with an INA1C right now and you just having a realization? My last A1C was uh, a 7.3. So uh, working, and before that, I think it was like 11.4. So, um, wow. And yeah, yeah. So it kind of turned a corner when I got married. And my husband realized how dysfunctional I was. <laughs> and he just like, he got me to open up and talk about it. I was like, if like, I was the most closed book person you could ever imagine. It's like, he would have these long conversations trying to like understand why I was so troubled by whatever it was. And like, I couldn't even identify it. I'd like buried it so deep. It's like, I don't know what's troubling me, but I'm like, I'm shaking, I'm crying. And I can't even like, make words come out of my mouth. I just like, I'm seriously troubled by it, but um, that's just from like bottling it up for my entire life, you know, up to that point and not ever um, vocalizing out loud how I, how I feel about it to somebody. And so he got, <clears throat> excuse me. You're fine. So he got me to open up and talk about it. And I started kind of working through things and just saying things out loud kind of helped me, um, it helps you process things and, and move past them. And, um, and then it's like, once I kind of got past those, those past demons, what I call them, like, um, and I, um, yeah, I just, I really started to be able to think about it more and, and not just, um, push it out of my mind. So you were, and, um, so he kind of forced you to deal with what was happening <laughs> instead of yeah, like, and, yeah. and for clarity for people who don't know and I only know because of the internet he looks like an extra in like the sweet life of Zach and Cody how did he know any of this like <laughs> seriously again he looks like he's eight you know maybe he's eighteen and um, <laughs> where did he like did he grow up in a super healthy household or do you think he was like uh oh I hitched my wagon to this girl I better fix this <laughs> oh I hope he doesn't think that. <laughs> No, like our, our families are kind of funny. They're so different. Like my family's more of, um, they're not so open with each other. Um, but, but my husband's families, they're very like bold and like, just say what you're thinking and like, get it out there and deal with it. Like (laughs) he got you to do that. And like when I first came into this family, I'm like, I don't know how to handle this. Right. (laughs) This is so different, but it's, it's, it's been good because I've learned to be that way and I've really come to appreciate, um, being that way and uh when people are that way with me i'm like yeah tell me what you're thinking because otherwise you know if i'm doing something wrong tell me about it so i can fix it or you know we can clear the air instead of just letting things fester under the surface you know so i'd rather have hurt feelings than hidden feelings for sure yes i've done i've done both in my life and it's it's not productive to not say what you're thinking it's 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 really harmful to you um Mm -hmm. Okay, wait. So, did you have babies with real elevated A one Cs? Um, no. How did you work that out? Uh, so when, so like before I got before I got married, I tried really hard to get um my blood sugars in range. I think I got them down into like the sevens, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't have a pump. I didn't have a CGM or anything. So I was just like, it was just the sheer will to not be an out of control diabetic going into this new relationship. Like I gotta be better, you know? Um, and, uh, so then 
we, a year after we were married, um, found out we were pregnant and I was just like, oh crap. I don't remember what my A1Cs were at the time. I don't know how, what they were at, but not, not, not within recommendations for, you know, pregnancy. So I got in to see, um, a diabetes educator, like the first time I can remember seeing a diabetes educator in my life. I'm sure I saw one as a kid, but I don't remember it. And if I, you know, if they were diabetes educators, they're super patronizing and I don't like them. So <laughs> anyway, I saw this new <laughs> diabetes educator. Her name was Eileen DeLue and she's just like the most amazing person. And um, even before I met her, she, she gave me a phone call, just like a pre-visit kind of get to know you. And she told me like, she's like in her fifties and she has five kids and they're all healthy. And she basically just like has lived this, this life that I was worried I wouldn't be able to have someday. And I like, I was just like in tears on this like simple phone call. <laughs> and I'm just like, Oh my goodness. Cause I hadn't known any other diabetics. I didn't know anybody, you know, right. in their fifties of diabetes. I was convinced that like, I was probably going to die in my forties and like that weighed on me. And so, and I didn't know if I was going to be able to have kids. And if I did, I could like, I didn't know if they could be like healthy. And, and so anyway, I got in to see her. Um, she helped me out so much like emotionally and with my diabetes. And um, she got me uh, to get a pump and a CGM. And that was, that was the game changer. It's just like having support, having, better knowledge and having the tools, um, to get my blood sugars in range. And so, um, because yeah, you were so putting, was, you were putting in all this like mental effort already. You just weren't yeah. putting it in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I struggle with ADHD too. So that also, I mean, diabetes requires a lot of motivation, right? Mm -hmm. And ADHD is, um, a disorder that causes a problem with being motivated. <laughs> so, it's it's really so many things um uh so many struggles that come with ADHD completely go against what you need to do for diabetes so like they're really hard to have um together and i i didn't know i was ADHD um until i wasn't diagnosed i think until this past year so um understanding that part of it too has really uh, helped me out a lot but how did you um, how did you get your diagnosis uh yeah so i I kind of come to realize that I had ADHD. <laughs> it's funny by like watching TikToks and of course algorithms, they know us so well, they start bringing up like ADHD videos and um, I'm just like, huh, ADHD. It's not what I thought it was. And then it's like, oh no, I relate to these way too much. <laughs> and so I start, I start doing my own research online, of course, because I'm not just going to go off of social media. Nobody should do that, by the way. Do your well, own research. Well, I mean, unless it's a <laughs> podcast about diabetes, then it's probably okay, right? <laughs> unless unless it's just podcast. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, go ahead. You're fine. Keep going. <laughs> so, and I'm like, oh man, like I really do like have these symptoms. Maybe I should look into that. And um, so I, I was seeing a therapist at the time. I mentioned it to her. We did the, you know, the testing and stuff. And she's like, yep, okay, you've got ADHD combined type, which is inattentive and Oh, geez. Now I don't remember the Wait, other Wait, she didn't know? What kind of a therapist is treating you and doesn't know you have it? <laughs> okay, okay honest. Okay, so I started seeing her during the pandemic. So oh, okay. it's all like on the phone. Okay. Um, so that's part of it. She's not like 
seeing me fidget and stuff like while we're talking. Yeah. Are you <laughs> but, doing that now still or are you, are you taking medication for it? How does it work? Um, yeah, so I started taking uh, some medication for it, but I'm not sure how much it really helps. Like I, it's, it's not a stimulant. They don't, I don't think they ever like jump to stimulants when they first start you on ADHD meds, but mm -hmm. um, I've only really noticed that it helps with my depression and it helps me uh, stay awake. So <laughs> 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 That's good. Hey, ADHD, by the way, is an inflammatory condition that is kind of linked to autoimmune. Is it really? Yeah, you should do a little well, Googling. That makes sense. I yeah. have all these autoimmune problems. What so. else? What? A, oh, hold on a second. My throat. I'm dying. Hold on a second, Chelsea. <clears throat> <clears throat> my tea got cold. That's <laughs> not, it's not a euphemism. My tea got cold. Um, what other autoimmune issues do you have? Um, so I have Hashimoto's um, and... Let's see. So the type one diabetes, it's just, there's a lot in my family. Um, Do tell. All of, all of my siblings and both of my parents have Hashimoto's. We all have it. <laughs> wow. Is there like a pile of Synthroid in the middle of the room, like cocaine in a movie <laughs> in the seventies? Oh, geez. Yeah. You, you just like, walk by and pick one out. Growing up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Seriously. If like one of us runs out, somebody else is like, oh yeah, just take mine, like cut it in half or whatever. <laughs> I'm literally picturing, have you ever seen Scarface? No, I haven't. I'm, I'm picturing a big mound of Synthroid in the middle of like the <laughs> island in your kitchen and you guys just pick from it like candy in the morning or something like that. All right. Oh, Wait, seriously. so hold on. So one, two, three, four, five kids, two parents, that's seven people. Seven people. All yeah. have Hashimoto's. All have Hashimoto's. And we weren't so most of us were diagnosed with like just hypothyroidism um, at first. And then kind of as more doctors come aware of Hashimoto's, um, we've kind of slowly one by one been diagnosed with Hashimoto's like, oh, you actually have Hashimoto's. So wow, <laughs> so that's all been incredible. confirmed. We all have it. That's yeah. insane. How about other autoimmune stuff? Is anybody, how about celiac? Somebody's got to have celiac. Uh, no celiac. Oh, fancy, um, fancy, yeah. fancy. Okay. Hold on. Um, uh, I don't know. Well, depression even I think of as inflammatory. I, I, I don't know. Like I'm not a doctor, but <laughs> you know how many people I have to talk to have autoimmune diseases who talk about like being bipolar or depressed or mm -hmm. something like that before you start paying attention. You know what I mean? It's like, what do you do for that? You just like take a bunch of ibuprofen every day and you're good. <laughs> I don't believe that you understand um, inflammation correctly. <laughs> probably not yeah that's that's not that's not can you imagine if, can you imagine if ibuprofen was the the answer to all of it's our problems and we just hadn't figured it out yet your depression and all these problems make your type one go away take an ibuprofen yeah by the way would eventually i don't think it's good for your something else like, like you can't you, you can't something. i mean again chelsea I, I i barely got out of high school so i'm not sure but <laughs> All right, so you also experienced anemia? Yep, uh, anemia, which I still haven't figured out. I'm, like, always anemic, but um, the doctors are like, just take some more iron. And I'm like, is it normal? Like, Scott, is it normal to be taking iron every day of your life to not be anemic? So I mean, I know I'm a woman, and I have a period and stuff, and, like, you know, there's right. that. But couple things. You're not taking it next to your thyroid medication, right? No, I take it apart from each other. Good from girl. Them. Did you like the thyroid series that I did? I did. I actually, I really did. I Good. tried to convince my family to listen to it. They but wouldn't listen? they're not listen? big podcasters. I'm still working on them. Motherfucker. Maybe being on a podcast, they'll start listening. Yeah. <laughs> if they're listening right now, I did a wonderful little series about thyroid. Just go listen to it. 
I mean, it would maybe take them two hours in total, right? They were like 20 minute episodes. Don't be lazy. I shared shared info with them from it. I'm like, yeah, this is like really interesting. Learn some, learn some things. So so here's what I'm going to tell you. Are you just taking like an iron tablet from the grocery store? Yes. Okay. I want you to change to a different iron tablet or a different method. Okay. So you can either use something. I'm going to look it up for you. I think it's called Vitron C. It is. It comes in a box. It's orange. It looks like the sun. <laughs> so I'm I just, like the way you say orange. <laughs> yes, it's Larange. And um <laughs> and it says it's called Vitron C. So it's iron Vitron. plus vitamin C. The vitamin okay. C helps your body absorb the iron. Right. Okay. Now that's how my So son- they just like put them together? That's it's magic, Chelsea. That is magic. I'll tell you. Um yeah. <laughs> Less steps, the better for me. <laughs> that's how my that's how my son does it. Okay, my son, who by the way has Hashimoto's and is related okay. to somebody who has type one diabetes. The way right. I do it is I use. I'm a fan of. I'm going to say the name of the vitamin company I like out loud. And if you people cause me a problem and I can't get my vitamins, <laughs> I'm going to be pissed. Okay, um, but I use a company called Thorn T H O R N E. Okay. All right. I buy their iron. And then I buy their, hold on a second. Hey, Thorn, buy an ad. Wait a second. Don't, don't, <laughs> just, don't just take this for free. Um, I take their iron. It's like called iron bicyclicinate. I don't know uh, the words. You know what I mean? And then I pair it with their azorbic acid, So, uh, which is vitamin C. So when I take my iron, I take it with the vitamin C at the same time. Here's why I'm telling okay. you this. Uh-huh. Prior to doing it this way, I was getting iron infusions. Oh, I was literally okay. going to an infusion center. It was it was me and usually 20 people getting chemotherapy sitting in a room. <laughs> and they were looking at me like, get out of here with your stupid iron. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, not even really sick. You know, and so um, I would, uh, I, I got this infusion. In a couple of weeks, it would bring me back to life. And then slowly, my body would use up the iron and I'd feel tired again and go back and get another infusion. And I just started thinking, like, I can't do this forever. Like, like what this is, is it my whole life? I'm going to get iron infusions. And yeah. so I started messing with things and I got down to like good, like, not like, you know, what they sell at the grocery store vitamins, which mm-hmm. I, I think. <laughs> which we, you, you wonder. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I more than wonder. I don't think they're, they're great. Uh, but, you yeah. know, so I got a great vitamin company and then I paired it iron with, with the um, vitamin C. So the Vitron C works well. And it's simple. It's one tablet. Or you can get fancy and do what I'm doing. Fancy. Yeah. Fancy. <laughs> Buying two different things and swallowing them at the same time. Fancy. <laughs> How did I say orange, by the way? Well, I would say orange. You're orange. Like orange. <laughs> You're like orange. Like an oar with a ringe at the end? Like a boat oar? Yeah. Orange? It starts with an O. You say orange. What did I say? <laughs> Would I just eliminate the O? Like it starts with an A, like orange. <laughs> orange? In my mind, it starts with an R. Orange. 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 Like a pirate. Think it, Say it like a pirate. Yar. No. Orange. <laughs> do, wait, do it again when I'm not talking. Orange. No, like That's me. Say, say it like me. Say it like you? That's how you're saying it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying? That's what it sounds like to me. Be more of a pirate this time. They start with a yar. <laughs> orange. Have you ever seen a pirate? I'm go- no, I've never seen a pirate. Well, you never saw Johnny Depp pretend to be a pirate, be pretending to be Keith Richards in that movie? 
Do you know who Keith Richards is? No. Oh, my goodness, Chelsea. Okay. <laughs> you know, wait, do you know who Johnny Depp is? Yes, I know who Johnny Depp is. Because he, because he was, the, because they said he hit his wife or because you've seen a movie? In? Because of the Pirates movies, yeah, of course. All right, so then yeah. you just go, R. It's R real deep. Like, I'll do it, then you do it. Orange. Do it like that. Orange. <laughs> you almost can't do it. I can't. It's it's beyond me. That's <laughs> because you can speak English. <laughs> I know I, I don't say words. Arm right. weird. So sometimes I go to say arm and I say it like arm. <laughs> and it comes out and every time I'm like, what the heck was that? <laughs> I couldn't think of how to spell win the other day. I'm like, win. W. It just left my head for a second. I was like, oh, my win. God. Yeah, W-H-E-N. Couldn't come up with it to save my life. <laughs> so, all right. So, um, wait a minute. There was something you didn't say. There was something you said that I wanted to get more clarification about. Oh, 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 sorry. Speaking of ADHD, as I jump around this conversation. Um, you sure you don't have ADHD? <laughs> listen, if I do, it makes a lovely and entertaining podcast, so you should just live with it, yes. okay? Yes, it does. Oh, you think... Is anybody going to be mad? <laughs> no, I hope not. Oh, gosh. Do you think people are mad at me? <laughs> I don't know. You reach a lot of people. Someone's bound to be mad at you. <laughs> I, I, Yeah. You know, part of the um, way you, you have to, to do this stuff is you have to realize that not everybody's going to like you and it can't matter. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, a, it's sure. a it's a big part of doing this, actually. That's my approach to life, you know. <laughs> I think it's pretty healthy, actually. Um, but yeah. I just wanted to hear, like, you had symptoms of ADHD that you didn't recognize right away. I, I wanted to know what the symptoms were. Um, yeah, so, like, it's, it's, like, obvious things that I didn't really connect the dots until, like, later. But, um, like, I've always been fidgety. That's, like, the stereotypical ADHD thing. Like, in classes, I'm always, like, bouncing my feet or tapping my fingers or something. But um, it's the um, – and my train of thought leaves. <laughs> While you're talking, and, I'm bouncing my leg. Do you think I'm in trouble? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it's It's – it's like, and like with my diabetes, when I was really trying to manage it, I, as I would be like, oh, I need to check my blood sugars. And then my brain does the silly thing where it's like, oh, you thought about it. We can check it off the list. And like, like it's done, but I didn't actually do it. So like, that's like a, a serious problem. Having a CGM is like crucial to me having a good A1C. Keeps you focused. My ADHD will not let me take care of myself how I need to. So, okay. yep. you know, <laughs> and yeah. Go wait. You just said something that made me think of something. What the hell did you say? Right before the CGM thing, you said, "Oh, oh, checking something off a list before it actually happened." Uh -huh. That's a social media problem too. So yeah, scrolling and liking tricks your brain into believing you've completed a task. Oh, interesting. So you feel like you can you could sit on your sofa. Scroll, scroll, tap, tap, scroll, scroll, tap, tap your whole life. And at the end of a day where you've accomplished nothing, you'd feel like an accomplished person. <laughs> That's dangerous, by the way. That is dangerous. Yeah, yeah. We Anybody need people, listening, don't do that. We need people to invent things and come up with like energy alternatives and uh, a different right. ways of teaching children, not feeling good about like, oh, yeah, I was able to double tap on my friend's pictures today. By the way, why do you people not look at them? You just tap them. I'm talking to kids now. <laughs> Uh, you know what I mean? That's a good question. I don't know. You don't I feel like I'm, I'm getting beyond, I'm getting old enough where I look back at kids and I'm, I'm like, I don't understand you. 
little bastards. It's a weird feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting. Not too long ago, you were one of those annoying little people. I was. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what do your kids turn into that? I know. What do you think it'll be then? Like, what will social media look like in 20 years? Oh, I don't know. Uh, is the world even going to be here in 20 years? 100%. Don't worry. <laughs> wor- I feel like the world's just, you know, gone gone to hell in a handbasket. So. <laughs> you think it's worse right now than when, let's say, um, let's think of something like egregious. Oh, when Genghis Khan was marching across the, the, the world <laughs> raping and pillaging? You think it's worse now? Uh, no. Right? I mean, I mean, nuclear weapons is scarier than, you know, whatever Genghis Khan had, but... <laughs> You make a valid I, point. <laughs> <laughs> Bring around the mental instability of, of whatever he had going on and give him a bigger, <laughs> give him more a, detrimental weapon. Give him a pew-pew machine that he can shoot from a computer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you're making a valid point. I think, I think it'll be okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, reassuring. And I'm 50. So, I mean... I got to yeah, get knee surgery. You don't surgery. have to be here that much longer. I found out yesterday I have to get knee surgery. Oh, have you been hearing right. me bitch about my knees for like the last six months? <laughs> so it, I haven't paid attention. All right. Yet, so. Well, the doctor's like, the doctor's like, oh, it'll be quick. 15 minutes. Just fix it up real quick. And I was like, all right. He's like, two days on crutches, you'll be fine. And all I could think when he said that, like, I should have heard like, oh, only two days on crutches. I thought, what am I going to do with those crutches when I'm done with them? <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna sit in the house and make a mess. <laughs> hey, that's why, like, you try to find somebody that already has crutches and then borrow them. What if I went out into the world, kick <laughs> kick someone in the leg, and then handed them the crutches and walked away? <laughs> there and you I, go. And I said, "I'm recycling," and then I just left. <laughs> <laughs> or you'd be like my dad, who had crutches from like who knows when for whatever reason, holds on to them for years, and then when your daughter breaks her foot or whatever, like I did, gives you these old crutches to use. <laughs> and he was probably thrilled, right? He's like, finally, holding on to these crutches is coming right. together for yep. me. Yeah, yeah, yep. I don't have to go out and buy crutches. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. <laughs> like I'm... foam is breaking and the yeah. thing, rubber thing on the bottom is <laughs> coming off. <laughs> the foam, it's all crackly up under your armpits, you mean? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like tie rags around it so like it doesn't rub your raw. <laughs> I am either going to ask for a cane because that I figure I could use one day again. Or um, <laughs> or I'm going to hop home, just lay in bed for two days, and then get up. Because I really don't want to own... Like, my biggest concern about knee surgery is what to do with the crutches when I'm finished. <laughs> You're odd. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like, I don't want to waste them. Like, you have no idea how wasteful that feels to me. Yeah. No, that's valid. All right. But I am odd. All right. I have two more things to ask <laughs> you about. Um Let's see. I'm looking at your note here. What, what do you mean you were re-diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at 10 years old? <laughs> oh, did I put that in there? Oh, it's like one of my favorite stories. My favorite my favorite doctor visits. I was, So like we're at, in the office and they do the labs and stuff, right? And then they leave and you're just sitting in the office. This um, doctor comes back. He wasn't even like my main doctor. I think he was like some guy in training or something. And he just, he just looks like... He, he's just having the worst day <laughs> and he um he has my mom go out in the hallway with him so now i'm just sitting in this room by myself like oh my gosh like i'm like i'm getting diagnosed with something terminal <laughs> this is it my head's gonna <laughs> fall off finally yeah, yeah, yeah. They, exactly they come back in and my mom's just kind of smiling and, and <laughs> they're like 
you have type 1 diabetes and I'm like oh <laughs> thanks how did you miss that on the chart <laughs> what what happened that made the doctor say that I have no idea my theory is that he was just being hazed and they're like hey this family can handle this little prank so hey let's tell this guy that they have to tell this kid one time in the pediatrician's <laughs> <Type 1 diabetes. laughs> one time in Arden's pediatrician's office she had to give urine for something and we were sitting out in the hall waiting for, I don't know, I think she was going to get an injection of something later, like a, a vaccine or something. So we were kind of waiting. And the um, the nurse opens the door to where, like, the urinalysis were done. Mm-hmm. And she is, like, flop sweat in a panic, wide-eyed. And in a second, I figured out what happened. I put my hands up because she's looking around for a doctor, like, furiously. I put yeah. my hands up and I was like, hey, hey, hey. And she looked at me. I went... We already know she has diabetes <laughs> and you should have seen the stress come out of her. Oh, like I, I think she thought she diagnosed a kid with type one. Oh yeah. I, oh I my can't God. Imagine what she, that would be like. She was in a panic. It was really something else. So like you could see like the, the, her face relaxed, her eyes stopped bugging out, her shoulders dropped down and then uh-huh. she didn't know what to say. And I was like, it's okay. It's okay. Are you okay? <laughs> She's like, yeah. I'm like, I appreciate you caring so much. Um, you know, and yeah, then she sort of yeah. went back into her room. All right. So you asked a question in your little intake form and you said um, you said something that made me think that you have an opinion about uh, diabetes coaching. And I wondered what it was because you you weren't clear. Oh, yeah. Like um, like health coaching. Um, Yeah, I think back when I sent that, I was really interested in the idea. And um, and I think there can be like a lot of value to that. So long as it's not somebody that's just trying to, like, take advantage of (laughs) diabetics and, like, just be like, oh, yeah, hey, you're doing good. Keep going, champ. You know, but I mean, there's a place for that. Some people need that. And at the time, I was struggling with, like, ADHD and having a hard time, like, um, following through on my own goals. And I was like, I need I need somebody to, like, report to that's not a doctor because. Right. I'm trying not to hate all doctors still, but <laughs> well, does the does the podcast help you at all or no? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um it's it's like the with the podcast, the information's great. And it's just I think even more valuable than that is just like the the attitude. Um it's like how to perceive diabetes is it doesn't have to be so serious. Like I feel like doctors are just so clinical, so serious about it. They, you know, they put the fear in you and then, <laughs> and then that's how you're supposed to feel about it. Um, afraid. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how I was all growing up afraid. So, um, so um, I'll get back to the coaching thing in a second, but so when mm-hmm. you heard Arden talking, mm-hmm. y- you, did it make you like jealous or angry or hopeful? Uh, None of the above. Okay. I think I was just like, like awestruck, kind of like I didn't think anybody diagnosed as as young as I was and as young as she was could could not have all the struggles like I was having, like mental struggles and 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 stuff like that. And I was just like, she's she's so like casual about it, and you know, it's just this just this thing, like it's normal, you know. And for me, it was just like ruining my life and you know <laughs> I just hated it and I wanted to avoid it I didn't want to have it I you know I just abhorred it you know and uh so it's just like it's just so um 
Yeah, I don't want to be reductive and just say it's attitude, but <laughs> like, but I don't think that Arden's core experience with diabetes is different than yours. Like, she doesn't okay. want to have it. She's not right. excited to pre-bolus, like that kind of stuff. Exactly. It, it is a burden, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I just think that it's, I don't know, I think it's how you, now you're in a different situation, right? Because you have the ADHD and mm-hmm. you had depression. Do you still have depression, right. do you think? Uh, so I'm taking medication for that uh, that helps. Okay. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I still struggle with it, so. Right. So I'm saying, so your situation was, mm-hmm. is different, right? It's compounded. But exactly. still at the same time, if what I what I hope is that people don't think there's like some magic I answer that they don't that they don't <laughs> right. know. It's personality, right? Yeah, yeah. Just just be and- upbeat. Like, no, nah, that's not it exactly. It's 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 the idea like to me, Chelsea, um it, it's um I don't know, it's the difference between having a hard time and thinking pressure makes diamonds and having a hard time having that same hard time and another person thinks this isn't fair, I'm getting screwed over. Mm-hmm. You, you know? Yeah. It's exactly. So I, I think if you can come to grips with the idea that no one's getting out of this life unscathed mm-hmm. and that something's going to happen to everyone and fair enough, you've got more things than maybe is fair, you, right. you know, right. um, you're still- and I think like some of the things is like my mom saying like, if I could take this from you, I would, if I could have it instead of you, I would. And, and kind of painting it as a picture is like, this is something you don't want to have because it's ruining your life. And like, I think it's all well-intentioned, you know, that's really sweet, but don't tell your kid that because <laughs> they're going to be like, oh man, this thing really does suck. And I can't get rid of it and, <laughs> yeah. and I got to live with this and, you know, people apologizing. Oh, I'm sorry. I have to deal with this your whole life. It's like, stop, <laughs> don't apologize. Just, it's just a thing you have to deal with. You know, it's just, everybody has a thing like this, you know, that, diabetes is one of my things and yeah. other people, you know. That's incredibly in, insightful, Chelsea, yeah. the, because I rub up against that statement very badly too. Mm-hmm. So I understand, and I, I know I'm going to make some people mad here, but I understand the theory and the and the concept. I would do, I would take this from you if I could. Of like course. I really do. I think it's a it's any a, any good parent would feel that way. Lovely, loving statement. Yes, and I understand how it's intended. But m- much like when I was talking about texting Arden earlier, the words and what they mean mm-hmm. don't always coincide with how they're heard. <clears throat> exactly. You know, language is such a weird thing. <laughs> right. So while you're saying I would do anything for you, I wish I hope you know that what Chelsea was hearing was, wow, your life is terrible. <laughs> exactly. Really, you have the worst life. So much so that my love for you as a parent causes me to tell you that if I magically could, I would take this horror from you. And strap that burden to my back myself and carry it so that you wouldn't have to have the terrible life that you're having. And and like and that's how it's hurt, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> it, how how you how you perceive things and communicate to that perception to your kids is how they will associate and perceive those same yeah. things. So language is is a powerful thing. And there's another way to say what you're thinking, right? Which is mm-hmm. y- you could just say you know, anything you need, um, you know, let me know, uh, you know, you could, you know, just right. be supportive generally in and, a way that's take obvious. it upon your back in a way 
any way you can without saying like, I wish I could take this from you, but like, you know, show that, show it. Like I want to help in any way I can. All right, Chelsea. Now I'm going to get in trouble with people because I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to expand on your thought. Okay. Oh no. Don't martyr yourself to your children. Yes. That's really what we're talking about. That's bad. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's the, it's the, I would do it if I could. That Mm -hmm. feeling it's first of all you can't so it's sort of an empty gesture right (laughs) exactly yeah yeah, Yeah. give me your cancer well that doesn't work that way so i mean (laughs) uh, i'm glad we're all it kind of makes you feel a little angry to be honest (laughs) why would you even say that (laughs) not Mm -hmm. possible so everyone listening to chelsea she's young she just went through this she understands what we're talking about here like seriously heed what she's saying here super important (laughs) we don't usually dig into this stuff this much but it, but it, it's need, it needs to be said. Um, empty gestures are not comforting. No, they, they, you know who they comfort? The person you. making them. <laughs> the person saying it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know I would. I know I like you know when people talk about like if I saw somebody being mugged, you know what I would do? And I'm like, yeah, I know what I would do. I would run away. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, oh wow. I thank God I'm not being mugged. <laughs> let me get let me get out of here. I, I think that's what most people do. Self preservation is pretty strong inside of people. But when oh, we yeah. talk about it and we philosophize about it, I'm like, well, what I would do is I would jump in there, hit him in the head, and I would, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> Just stop. There's the ideal us, and then like the practical us, exactly. <laughs> the survival us. So. What do you do for a living? Are you like raising the kids, or are you like you have a little job? What are you doing? Um. Yeah. So we kind of. I was just a stay-at-home mom. Oh, man. People not, are going to be like, oh, not. she said just. Yeah. I don't mean it that way. All right, say. Calm down, people. <laughs> I, I was a stay-at-home mom. Um, my husband's going go to um, school to get his degree. I've been staying home with the kids. I had to uh, drop out of college for a time to do that. So um, as he's finishing up his degree, uh, his last year of his bachelor's, um, I went back to work uh, and I have like the most boring job. I'm, I process bills, utility bills, you know, bill comes up on the screen. I type it into a computer. <laughs> hey, is it paying your bills? Thing. Is it paying your bills? <laughs> it's paying. Yeah. Well, that's perfect. For man. the most part. I but, mean, I'm, I'm on uh, Medicaid in that. So <laughs> it helps pay some of the bills. Can always sell one of those kids if you have to. Babies go <laughs> for a premium. Oh, sad. Yeah. They just don't tell anybody you have autoimmune disorder or the price might go down a little bit. Oh, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> As you're handing them to them, go, hey, listen, this kid's almost assuredly going to have Hashimoto's, just so you know. <laughs> like, it's like, well, it's like that concept when I'm filling out like my donor, do you want to donate, you know, on your driver's license? You want to be a donor? I'm like, um, sure, but I don't know if you're going to want any of it. <laughs> my shit's pretty busted. <laughs> so. Right. Like, I don't know what kind of damage has been done there. So, you know. <laughs> If someone needs like a skin transplant, you know, that's probably. Well, you do look very young, Chelsea. I mean, I was a lifeguard for seven years, so maybe they don't even want that. I don't believe there's water (laughs) where you grew up, is there? (laughs) Actually, Utah has a lot of marshes, surprisingly. (laughs) Are people swimming in them? Oh, no. They stink (laughs) like heck. Okay. (laughs) I I live close by um, the Great Salt Lake is where I grew up. And when the wind's blowing just right, oh, it stinks like heck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's awful. I, I'm going to go back to your thing about uh, coaching. Right. Uh, and okay. we're going to end on that. It's going to be a big, beautiful finish. You ready? <clears throat> oh, okay. I, I, have, I have a different perspective um, oh. because of the podcast. The podcast, it's interesting. I had a long conversation with somebody about this yesterday. So, so, mm-hmm. so 
coaching is can be a derogatory term to some people. You know, some some people have like real degrees and they're like, I'm not a coach just because I find my people on Instagram. You know what I mean? That that kind of feeling. <laughs> uh-huh. My feeling about it is this. If you're helping somebody, I think that's wonderful. If you are taking a unfair amount of money from them to help them, I have trouble with that. Now, not enough trouble to like raise up an army and come get you, uh, but but enough trouble that <laughs> Scott's I would. Scott's coming for you. Yeah, exactly. Pitchforks <laughs> and stuff like that. But enough trouble that I wouldn't let you on my podcast to tell people about your coaching business. Yeah, yeah, right. and I think like it's it's not very regulated either. Like anybody can go out and be like, I'm a health coach, you know, and like have no experience or any idea how to actually do that well. So right. you really like got to do your research and, and find somebody well, you know, and, who and can do it. A little bit, um, this might be a little high-minded, but I found a way to get this information to people without taking money from them. And I still support myself. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's like... That's the way to do it. And, and I, I hired a health coach for a time and, um, she was very nice, very helpful. And, um, and, and she charged a very fair price. And even at the end of like this first three month, whatever thing I agreed to, she's like, you can just pay what you can from here on out. It's like, if you want to pay me $10 for a session, that's great. You know, I just, she really wanted to help people and not, and not, you know, break the bank, you know, she doesn't want to wring people dry. Just <laughs> Yeah. So it's, you got to find people like that, you know, people like you, people that really want to help. And, and obviously like if, if you're putting all that time into it, you got to be compensated in, in some little way. Because, yeah. Oh, know, I believe that. I, I'll <laughs> people got to live. A hundred percent. Like I, I, I have, I do. If you think I feel bad about putting ads on this podcast, you're wrong. I worked 67 hours on this podcast last week. So, <laughs> yes. um, yeah. I have kids and children and I, they have to eat and stay warm and all that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm okay with all that. I'm not, it makes me uncomfortable to learn that someone took thousands of dollars from somebody to basically tell them to pre bolus their meals. Y- you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll tell you to pre bolus your meal for free. How's that sound? And, and there was another person I did a consultation with. I don't want to, I don't want to no, say No, don't say anybody's name. No. <laughs> but just the amount of money she was asking was, was ridiculous. And, and I feel like if, if you're a type one diabetic, you know, the costs of being a type one diabetic and to ask that much money from somebody who's already mentioned they're like poor as heck and is just like desperate for help, you know, and you're just like, okay, yeah, but this much money you know? it feels predatory right it does yeah it does it's like do you really get it you know and if you if apparently not you know i don't want to work with you well where i end up feeling badly is that i'm certain there are people out there who fit the bill who do a nice job for people at a reasonable cost and that it would yeah, be something definitely. really valuable for people i'm so inundated by those people i don't have the time or the I mean, there's no mechanism here. Like I'm the, I'm the organization, you know what I mean? So I don't, I don't have the time to learn about everybody. I get, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you probably a dozen to 15 people a year who like, I wrote a book about diabetes. I want to come on your show. I don't have time to read all your books to make sure that that's something I want to share with people. <laughs> that you want to promote, right? I, I, yeah. That's, that's a big responsibility it, on your it, part. You it, it, listen, if I'm telling five friends about it, whatever. If they don't like the damn book, it doesn't matter. (laughs) When I say it on this podcast, the possibility that I'm swaying 
untold numbers of people towards something that might not be valuable, I can't take that risk. And I don't have a mechanism in place to make sure. So when you come to me and say, I want to come on and talk about my coaching, ah, it, right. it's, it's just a no. <laughs> you might be the best person exactly. in the world. I, I don't have time to find that out. Exactly. So it's and And everybody's out. It seems like everybody's out to get something. So, um. Well, the people who listen to this show, to me, are friends. And they're yeah. people that I feel a responsibility to, even though I don't know them. And to somebody coming in from the outside, they would see this show or even the Facebook group, which, by the way, has like 22,000 people in it. Those Some people, bad actors, see you as a commodity, not as mm -hmm. a person. And I'm the gatekeeper between those bad people and you. And <laughs> <Thank> it's you. <laughs> not, well, you're welcome, but it's not a job I really want. So the way I handle it is I don't answer anybody's email. <laughs> but some but like, people. This says a lot about your character. You know, you're not just taking money to whoever, you know, offers it to you to take advantage of a bunch of, you know, I've vulnerable turned, people. I've turned down some stuff. <laughs> so. Don't worry. And by the way, some of them don't even want, like, they're not like, oh, I want an ad. They're like, you please just give me. It's not even please. It's I want access to your audience. And I'm like, no, like that's, it's not happening. So, um, I just, I just got a, I got a text from Arden that just popped up in front of me that made me laugh a couple of months ago. She goes, she goes, Hey, I think my guidance counselor is pregnant. And I went, why don't you ask her? And she goes, I don't want to say, and I'm like, Arden, she's a super skinny lady. Like she's if you think she's pregnant, she's, you could just say, hey, congratulations. She goes, no, what if she's not pregnant? I'm like, okay. So it just, I, I won't say the woman's name, obviously, but I just got a text that says the person's last name. And then it says, is deaf prego. <laughs> so anyway. I like how she just, I just out of nowhere like we have not spoken today except by about diabetes like four hours ago and she's like this person's deaf prego okay ready before we go Chelsea uh -huh. how did the word beaver come to be associated with vagina oh yes I told I already forgot about this oh not me um <laughs> hold on a second you took a note so <laughs> well I'm afraid that it's you know before I read this I'm afraid this has something to do with hair, and I'm very worried about that as I look. <laughs> oh, no. Because really – all right, so listen. Think about – have you ever seen a vagina, like, first person, or have you only seen yours, like, through a mirror, like, from the top down? I mean, there was this video we watched in health class. Okay, all right. baby being born. <laughs> all right, there you go. So think about right before the baby came out, and then think about, like, looking in the face of a beaver. Oh, no. Do you think that's where the, uh, I, I'm so worried. Um, <laughs> Entomology Online offers that beaver in the gynecological sense is a British slang dating from 1927, transferred from an earlier meeting, earlier meaning a bearded man, 1910, or from the appearance of split beaver pelts. See, this was my problem is this is exactly what I thought this was going to oh, be. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm okay. feeling bad about I this now. This. Hold on. Uh, you see, you're like, oh, I do remember the video. Okay, so um, and you got to imagine in 1910, like, like electric razors didn't exist, <laughs> right? So right. this is probably a little more prevalent, but but to the original and, reason. And British people are notoriously hairy, right? <laughs> Are they? That's what I've heard. Oh I don't know God, if that's true. Chelsea, I, Every I, British person listening. Hey, to everyone over there in the UK and the surrounding areas, I, Chelsea and I do not represent each other's <laughs> thoughts, okay? I don't think you people are hairy. 
That's weird, okay, Chelsea. <laughs> don't get me in trouble. What are you doing? Okay, so hold on a second. No, no. Now let me. You know, a lot of people listen to this in England, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like my. I love third, all of you. It's like my third largest market. Like, please be careful. <laughs> to be fair, I I wish I didn't live. You know, I wish I lived somewhere than America. I don't like being known as an all right, American. All right. so, Chelsea, we've gotten off the path here, but here's why. Do, oh, you, yeah, me- do you remember why we were looking about this? Um. Leave it to Beaver. Right. Because why? And from. so here's our answer is that as early as 1920, this was a, a, a euphemism for a vagina. So what I'm saying is, is why in 1950 would you use it in the title of a television show? <laughs> I don't know. That seems, who was the weirdo that decided? Don't <laughs> think I'm not, don't think I am not right now Googling leave it to Beaver creator. Hold on a second. We're calling this guy out. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hold on a second here. Leave he's probably to, dead. But. Oh, oh, he's way dead. There's no <laughs> Joe Connolly. Oh my God, is he alive? Oh no, this is <laughs> this is from 2003. Um, in 2003, there's an article here that says Joe Connolly, 85, a creator of Leave It to Beaver. So Joe, dirty man. I know you're long gone now, unless he's lived. And there's no way Joe's alive still, right? He was 85 <laughs> in 2003, so 13. He that was 20 years ago. He'd be 104 right now. I'm right about that. All right. Let's assume Joe Connolly's dead. That's a faith. faith All right. Well, I hope, he, I hope he's resting peacefully, pervert. I mean, come on. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Right. All right. right. And oh, oh, trichinosis. Sorry. <laughs> trichinosis, also known as, oh, wow, I can't say that. Trichinolo, whatever. Trichinosis is a parasite disease caused by roundworms. During the initial infection, invasion of the intestine can result in diarrhea, abdominal pain, and vomiting. Hmm. Oh, from undercooked meats. Not oh, specific, not specifically pork. I was right. So my fake family hamburger shop very well could have been giving people trichinosis. They gave you a high A1C. So maybe they- good to know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'm sorry, I have one last question. How how uh, so your A1C jumps around a lot. Have you found stability that you've able, been able to hold on to over time? Or are you still working on that? Um, yeah. So like since listening to the podcast and just kind of like implementing those little things and like this new attitude, um, like I can keep my blood sugars like um, really steady. And I'm kind of realizing it. Part of it is like I, I had the skills. I just had other problems. I had anxiety, depression, ADHD getting in the way of yeah. me doing really well. My dad, diabetes, I wouldn't say diabetes is my biggest struggle. I'd say having diabetes with all of those other things is, is not fair, but <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I think that's uh very insightful and I'm glad that yeah. you found some, um, I found, I'm glad you found it. It sounds like your husband really helped. Honestly. Yeah. He's the he's linchpin amazing. to this, right? Yeah. You, you want to know his name? It's funny. I mean, sure. Why not? It's Adam Lambert. And he's he's not the one you're thinking of. <laughs> I know he's I know he's not. That man is the lead singer for Queen, is he not? <laughs> I don't know. I know he's on Amer- he was on American Idol. Chelsea, like, the, the amount of things you don't know are fascinating to me. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> <laughs> it's your age, that's all. Like you don't have like depth of content. Okay, I'm, I'm not knowledgeable about a lot of things in the world around me. I do a lot of thinking about behavior and stuff. Like. <laughs> okay. All right, that's fine. Yeah, Adam Lambert was a a, a contestant on American Idol. And he is now the front man for Queen, I believe, and has been for quite some time. Oh, well, hey, there you go. That's all. Good for him, right? Yes. 
<laughs> like I give a crap about Adam Lambert. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, what are we going to call this episode? Um, I don't know. This I would, is my episode. I would call it Chelsea is adorable, but I think that that people would find that to be reductive. So I'm not doing. I think that. most people say Chelsea is a dork. So you, really. <laughs> I'm looking at your picture, Chelsea. You're adorable. So, oh, thank you. It, you're, you seem is that like a lovely I look person. like I'm 12. <laughs> I don't know. No, there's a. I don't know. Like it's so interesting. Like there's a smile on your face that would never tell me that all the things you just discussed with me exist in your life. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of surprised myself. <laughs> Do, does your reality not match how you feel about yourself? Um, I mean, there was a point where like I would try to come off as a uh, a happy person and then like, you know, go home at night and cry myself to sleep. But I think like really though, like that's my personality. I'm like a happy go lucky kind of person and go with the flow, you know. Don't don't get too serious about things, but then like that's my that's who I am, but then I also struggle with anxiety, depression, and like it's kind of interesting that to to know that I can separate those two. Yeah. And let's not forget, you don't want, like, very desperately, you don't want to make other people feel badly. Yeah. Yeah. So that was definitely a a part of it. All right. Now now I worry less about that. So (laughs) good. Are you seeing a therapist still? Um, No, because I kind of stopped (laughs) valuing my therapist when I was talking about um, all these things like diabetes related that caused me, um, you know, causing me some serious sadness and and she's like i'm talking about i don't know if i'm gonna live past my 40s and i i could have all these problems and i don't want to die and make my husband a widower and she and she she says like could all of those things really happen and and then i have to confirm to her that yeah they could (laughs) like oh great so you'd like to (laughs) try that helpful yeah i i i'll tell you like I have Erica on who I like a lot, who's a therapist and has type yeah. one. And I just wish that the rules were different so that she, like people like her could help people over state lines. Right. You know? Right. And like, I, I don't blame her. I don't fault her because my therapist, because like people just don't understand type one diabetes, you know, yeah. doctors don't really understand it all that great either. So um, this therapist that works in a government <laughs> funded therapy office, whatever counseling office is like, you know, she helped me with other things and I really appreciate her help. But, right. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I, I want to thank you very much for doing this and wish you a ton of luck. I would keep talking to you, but I now have 20 minutes to sit down and record You're with somebody busy man. else again. <laughs> I just, I, 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 there was part of me that was like, I'm going to end this in an hour so that I can give myself a break. But then I just thought this conversation's too good. I want to keep it going. So no, I, I appreciate it. No, I appreciate it. You, you really came through today. Um, and uh, I thought you were very thoughtful on a number of points and that you gave people a perspective uh, not too far removed from their young children that maybe they can see what happened to you and and learn something before it's too late for them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I hope it helps some people. So I, I really believe it will. Thank you so much for doing this. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G V O K E G L U C A G O N dot com forward slash 
juice box. I'd also like to thank Athletic Greens, makers of AG1, and remind you that you can go to athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box to get started today on AG1. I don't know if you can tell from my voice, but I'm sick, so I'm not going to say too much here at the end. If you're looking for the Diabetes Pro Tip series, they start at episode 210. You really should check out the private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. And uh, that's it, really. I got to record twice tomorrow, so I'm going to stop talking now.